This is the first day and the first Sunday of the year 2023. And we thank God for the opportunity to begin the first year, first uh, first day of the year. And today we're beginning a new series of messages. Yeah, the message set foot on the road, never travel. And the title of this series is Set Foot on the Road Never Traveled. That's uh, what it is in Chinese, Set Foot on the Road Never Traveled. And uh, we're going to be looking at the book of Joshua. And I'm going to uh, just uh, simply uh, explain to you what the book of Joshua talks about. The book of Joshua is the book of Joshua is a bit like a sandwich. And the first layer is uh, the first chapter. And talks about uh, Joshua's call. And the bottom layer uh, consists of uh, the last two uh, chapters, 23 and 24. And these are the last words of Joshua. And in the middle, and that consists of Joshua's mission. And there are three layers of uh, meat. And the first is uh, from chapters 2 to 5. And that is entering the land of Canaan. Chapters 6 through 12 is about conquering the land of Canaan. And then in chapters 13 to 22 talks about dividing the land of Canaan. This is the book of Joshua. And this is the book of Joshua. And the first sandwich. See, first bread. The first bread is uh, the uh, call of Joshua. And the last two chapters is the second piece of bread. And this is uh, the Joshua's last will. And in between, there are three layers of meat. And that is entering Canaan, conquering Canaan, and dividing the land of Canaan. This is the book of Joshua. And this is the most important outline of the book of Joshua. And chapters, uh, three, chapter 3, verse 4. And God said to Joshua, This path or this road, this is, uh, you have never traveled this way before. And it's been three years. Uh, the, the COVID pandemic has been uh, with us for three years already. And whether we are able to get, come out of the pandemic or not this year, we don't know. But there is a great possibility that COVID started in China and it's going to end in China. Because China has just opened up. And after they open up, and then COVID will probably uh, end. But we don't know. But we don't know. But this year, there are going to be a lot of challenges. Because there's war. The war between Ukraine and Russia. And economically, a lot of countries have faced a lot of are facing a lot of challenges. Church. All of us are starting on a path that we have never traveled before. Now, how do we travel on this path? Look at Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. After the death of Moses, servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. Joshua, the book of Joshua, started with this first word. The death of um, Moses, the servant of the Lord. And this was a very frightening news. It's even more frightening than COVID. Moses, Moses was the most uh, respected and revered uh, 
servant of the Lord amongst the Israelites. Moses was a man who spoke with God face to face. And he was the hope of the Israelites. And now that he had died, is there any other news that is even more frightening than this? But please pay attention. God's servant may pass away. But God's work will never cease. So may the Lord help us. After the death of Moses, God said to Joshua, Joshua, arise. And this word shows us two very important messages. Either Joshua did not dare get up or rise or he wasn't willing to arise. You know why? You know why? He dare not arise to get ready due to lack of faith or he wasn't willing to get ready due to a heavy burden. To be a successor of Moses in his leadership role wasn't an easy task. And Joshua needed to face an unknown circumstances. And that is why he did not dare arise, nor was he willing to arise. 2023, we don't know uh, the circumstances ahead of us. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. But one thing we know. How do we face these uh, circumstances which is unknown to us? And the answer is very simple. We must rely on the power of God's presence to face it. This is again a message. And this is today's message. The power of God's presence. The power of God's presence. You need to rely on the power of God's presence to face the new year. And if you were to look at Joshua chapter 1, five times something is mentioned there. God is with us. Look at verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Look at verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Look at verse 17. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Five times something is mentioned. But God is going to be with you. And on three occasions, these were God's direct words to Joshua. And the two other instances were uh, the, spoken by the Israelites to, Moses, to uh, Joshua. But may God be with you just as he was with Moses. God's presence is the greatest reason for us to be able to face the great unknown. What is God's presence? God's presence is not just a feeling, but rather it is a power that produces action. But how? But how? How do we experience God's abiding presence? First is through God's promise. Through God's truth. 
信行动嘅下。And through faith in action. 有当经验到上帝嘅咧同在归来。You are able to experience God's power, God's presence with you. Number one. Number one. 啲上帝因为下，有当经验上帝及你同在。You are able to experience God's presence through His promise. 你讲第三九第五节。Look at verses three to five. 特别请你注意第四节。And especially pay attention to verse four. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised, promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. Pay attention to this verse. This is God's promised territory. And verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And verse 4, God spoke to Joshua about a very important message. I'm going to promise you a territory. And in that place, within that territory, whatever you set your foot on, that place will, is going to belong to you. From the desert to Lebanon. This is describing the promised land to be from the south to the north. And the great river, the Euphrates, this is referring to the east, eastern part of the promised land. And Mediterranean Sea would be the western Boundary of that territory. And this is the promised land that God gave the Israelites. And uh, on the east, the east is bounded by the Euphrates River. And the south is uh, bounded by the desert. And the west is uh, the Mediterranean Sea. And in the north uh, will be Lebanon. It is an extremely huge piece of property. And you look at this map and the white portion, that's God's promised land. And the Israelites have never received such an inheritance of such a big place. It was such a pity that God has already promised something to you. But the Israelites never received that promised land. And that includes uh, during the time of David and the time of Solomon. Now, this is very important. You know why? You know why? Look at Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 4 to 5. Give the people these orders. You are about to pass through the territory of your relatives, the descendants of Esau, who live in Seir. They will be afraid of you, but be very careful. Do not provoke them to war, for I will not give you any of their land, not even enough to put your foot on. I have given Esau the hill country of Seir as his own. God said to the Israelites, I'm not going to give you the hill country of Seir. So not even enough to put your foot on it. Not even enough to put your foot on it. Because that is not your territory. So church, listen to this word. And if it's something that God has given you, no one will be able to take it away from you. But if God did not give it to you, no matter what method you try to use, you will never get it. And if even if even if you get it, it's going to be your loss. Abraham And the family of Abraham happened. There was a big problem that happened in their family. And that is a problem of Hagar. Where did Hagar come from? Hagar came from Egypt. Why did the Pharaoh gave Hagar to Abraham? Because Abraham lied. He said, It's my sister. And so 
Pharaoh took Sarah for himself. And gave a lot of treasures, a lot of possessions, and even uh, uh, people to Abraham. And one of which was Hagar. And Hagar later became the mistress of Abraham. And uh, she gave birth to Ishmael. And Ishmael is the ancestor of the Arabs today. One mistake. And brought about the failure of the Israelites through the generations. So church, if it is yours, it will forever be yours. If it is not yours, please do not take it. Because even if you get it, it's going to be a disaster for you. God said to Joshua, This is your promised land. Whatever, wherever you're, you've set your foot on, they are going to belong to you. Allow me to share a testimony to explain this. When I was 22 years old, God's uh, prompting suddenly came to my life. I decided to dedicate my whole life to do God's work. And so I entered the seminary to be trained. And on the last day when I was about to graduate, there was an invitation that came from the Philippines. And it, uh, the invitation was for me to come to the Philippines to be a pastor. And so I prayed about it. I read the Bible and then prayed again. I spent about three months of time seeking God's leading until one day. Well, I was reading Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 5 to 8. As I was reading that passage, and it wasn't the first time for me to read that passage. But on that day, I really felt that God was speaking to me directly. And my heart was beating so fast. And so I decided to come to the Philippines and change my name to Jeremiah. To allow me to know. Understand that uh, it is God who wants me to be here, not my. It wasn't my own will. And what does this passage say? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Allah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me. Do not say, I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. I felt that God suddenly spoke to me very clearly through this passage. And through God's promise, I came to the Philippines. And today's the 35th year. It is through God's promise. I am with you and will rescue you. Just like what the Bible says that I am with you and I will rescue you. It wasn't that I never experienced any difficulties or problems. But God allowed me to remain here today to continue serving God. And I don't know what's going to happen to me in 2023. But what? One, what I know is that I'm going to continue to hold on to God's promise and the responsibility that God has given me. How about you? What about you? What has God promised you? You need to hold on to God's promise for you. That whatever, wherever you set your foot on, you're going to belong to you. But the question is, are you stepping out your foot? Many Christians, they read the Bible again and again. But the Bible is totally 
detached from their life. They know something in their mind, but their lives, they live their lives in a very totally different way. You will never ever experience God's presence with you. May God help you. That by faith, you must step out. You experience the presence of God. So that you may experience the presence of God. Second, you need to experience God's presence through His truth. Look at verses 6 to 9. Be strong and courageous, courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And three times God said the same words to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Let me ask you. Was it because that Joshua was a coward? That is why God had to repeat three times to him that uh, you must be strong and courageous? No. No. If you were to read the Bible carefully, first time that Joshua appeared in the Bible is in Genesis Exodus chapter 17. He led 60,000 warriors to fight against the Amalekites. Joshua Joshua was a general. He wasn't a coward. And later on, God sent 12 spies into the land of Canaan. And one of them was Joshua. Joshua came back and reported. Ten spies, ten of the spies said, No, we cannot enter that land. Because the people living in that land are like giants to us. And we are like grasshoppers in their eyes. And we can't overcome them. But Joshua stood firm. And one against ten. And ten of them against all the, the whole congregation. And Joshua said, if God is with us, we will surely be able to conquer the land. And there was a theologian who said, if the world opposes me, I'm going to oppose the world. When you hold on to God's truth, you're not going to be afraid of anyone. And that was Joshua. So how could you say that Joshua was a coward? Why is it that God then said to him three times? Because Joshua understood something very important. Leading two million people into the promised land, this is what is called Mission Impossible. This is something that's totally have no chances of success. It's not just uh, being courageous. And uh, the Hawkins says, you're like being a foolhardy. You may be very courageous, but uh, you're, you're, you're going to be a foolhardy. You know why? You know why? Book of Deuteronomy records. You know how long or the uh, beds of the uh, Canaanites were? It's like 13 feet. Imagine, Imagine this. A person needing a bed uh, 13 feet long. How tall were the, per uh, were the people there? Every one of them was like Yao Ming. Like 10 feet tall. Maybe nine feet. Israelites, they were just like uh, people here in Asia. 
On the average, they're like five foot seven. So it's impossible for them to overcome them. So you look at uh, Joshua chapter 12. 三十二个王啊，都是One let me ask you, who would uh, say that Philippines will win the war? And you say that uh, the Filipinos are very uh, courageous, uh, they are willing to die for their country. No, I can assure you, we're not going to win. Unless God is with us. Even China, they are not uh, fight against, or the U.S. they are not fight, fight against China. You know why? You know why? I'm not talking politics about you. I'm just uh, uh, sharing some facts. Yes. Militarily, the strongest power today is the U.S. Yes. But please take note. The US. Uh, the, the U.S. has uh, military bases all over the world. Because the U.S. wants to be the international police. So But for China, 90% of their military are stationed in mainland China. China forever, ever will keep out And China will never uh, invade the U.S. If uh, the U.S. invades, they need to fight against like 95% of the military power of China. So they do not dare uh, just invade China. What about if the Philippines uh, uh, go to war against China? This is going to be mission impossible. And Joshua was very clear about this. And that is why God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. But how? But how? Take note of these four verses. It's another sandwich structure. Verses 6 to 7. Joshua, be strong and courageous. God said to Joshua, Joshua, be strong and courageous. And verse 9. Repeat again. He repeated this again. Be strong and courageous. And verse 8 talks about something else. What does it say? Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Uh, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Strange. Sometimes when we read the Bible, after we read the passage, it's over. You don't reflect on it. Why is it that all of a sudden uh, these words are inserted in verses 6 to 7? Verses 6 to 7? So what does uh, reading the book of the law has got to do with uh, being strong and courageous? Hey, Joshua now Joshua was going to war. What kind of book should he be reading? He should probably be reading books about war. Maybe go to the U.S. and enroll in West Point Academy. What a general would be uh, reading the Bible? If you're a doctor, what books are you going to be reading? Medical books. If you're a lawyer, what books are you going to be reading? Law books. Why would uh, he be asked to read the Bible? Now, this is the problem of our world today. Many 
so-called professionals. 不论是医生，不论是律师，不论是 any kind of professional 的人 ，whether they be doctors or lawyers or any kind of professions. 所以得到这个 PhD degree 以后 ，once、uh, you get the degree, that PhD degree. 这个工作以后 ，after you get a job. 常常将圣经放在边头。Very often you would set the Bible aside. You would think that the Bible has got no help for you. It's wrong. That is wrong. Because God's word allows you to understand God's will. To allow God's presence to be with you. And when God's presence is with you, you will experience God's presence, and everything will go well with you. Because you are walking in God's will. Leadership of the church decided that the church is going to be a disciple-making church. The main thing, the main mission, is so that we may train up disciples for the Lord Jesus Christ. Beginning 2013 up until today, God has led us step by step along that path. Sometimes it's beyond our Understanding or comprehension. He led us out of the lion. To this place, to for us to build this discipleship center. Perhaps a lot of you may not know. The owner of this property. They were the ones who approached me on their own initiative. I didn't go see them. I didn't go looking for them, but they came to me on their own initiative. That's asking me, Pastor, do you are you interested in this property? I said it's too expensive for us. And he said that's okay. We can talk about it. And he reduced the price. And later on, he shared his testimony. It was God who prompted him to sell this property to the church at cost. And everything went well. And when we came to this place, we went to see the the president of the homeowner association. And after a few meetings, not only did they not have any opposition, something that you wouldn't imagine, they were very supportive of us. And during one of the meetings. And they were the ones who brought some snacks for us. Yes. Yes. Nothing out of our own doing. But of course, the most difficult part was the construction phase. Where would the money come from? We spent all our savings from in the bank to buy the property. But God helped us. Before COVID, before COVID, before COVID pandemic, ninety-six percent is done. Ninety-six percent of the construction was already done. And we didn't owe the money, owe any single cent to the bank. We never borrowed from the bank. And it is all God's work. Architect. The architect designed everything for us. Suddenly he said, Pastor, this is all free, for free. Because this is God's work. I want you to understand something very important. We need to be walking in God's truth. You do not take the path that you want to take of You will experience God's presence with you. Because in God's truth, you will have a vision. A vision will be born. 
God says, God's word says, Without vision, the people perish. You need to have a vision. You know what uh, you're going to be doing in your life. You know what path you're going to take. There are three types of people in this world. A person totally without dreams, without vision. And every day he's actually being led by uh, by whatever happens. He wakes up in the morning and things happen and he just uh, flow along. A very passive person. Second type of yes, person. Yes, he's got dreams, he's got vision. But he's actually a person who's uh, pursuing his own dreams. And at the end of his life, he discovers something. Emptiness and emptiness. It's like emptiness. Everything is emptiness. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. On the day that you pass away, whatever you do, if uh, you did not do them for God, you're going to leave everything behind. No matter how successful you may be, you're going to come into this world empty-handed. You're going to leave this world empty-handed. But thanks be to God. The third type of people, they are people with God-given vision. And it is God's vision that leads them through their lives. Let me ask you, which type of person are you? The third. You need to experience God's presence through faith in action. Actually, chapter 1 can be divided into three parts. The first nine verses was when God spoke with Joshua. Verses 10 to 11 was Joshua speaking to the Israelites. Verses 12 to 15 was Joshua speaking to the two and a half tribes in the, from the east of the Jordan River. And to uh, make it uh, more simply for you, after God spoke to Joshua, Joshua by faith uh, arose. According to God's command, he instructed the two and a half tribes uh, east of the Jordan River to, to do something. And remember, faith without action is dead. You want to experience God's presence? Put into action. You have to put it into action. If there is no action, everything is going to be false. Look at the first one. He ordered the people of Israel to cross Jordan River after three days. Look at verses 10 to 11. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. I love this first word, so. After he listened to God's word, he arose and he immediately took action. Two million Jews. You have to prepare your provision. Because after three days, we're going to cross the Jordan River. It is that simple. Joshua did not call a meeting and uh, discuss uh, what are we going to be doing. Now don't misunderstand what I mean. Thinking and reflecting and planning is are, they're all very important. Everything that the church uh, is going to be doing, we have already planned for them early on. Unless there is something unexpected that happens. All the plans are already in place. But where lies our failure? Overthinking. Our failure lies in overthinking. This is a problem with many 
leaders, especially some leaders, who want to please everyone, who wants everyone to agree on things, it's been decided. Suddenly, there would be a person who would uh, comment saying that that doesn't seem right. And then this person is going to say that, okay, then let's have another meeting. You're just wasting your time. If you are a company CEO, please remember something. If you're overthinking, I can assure you, you will never experience any much success. I'm not saying that uh, there has to, uh, you cannot plan or you cannot uh, think about But when you're very clear about God's leading, you need to take action. When I decide something for the church, and if people come to see me and t- uh, tells me that, uh, Pastor, this doesn't seem right, I'm going to listen to what he says. After listening, I tell him my opinion. And then I stop. And if I feel that my opinion is better than his, and I said I would tell the person that we don't need to discuss about just it follow, anymore. Just follow. You, you just follow. It is that simple. Overthinking is Overthinking is the reason for our failure. Joshua. Joshua. After he uh, was made clear of God's leading. Three days. We're going to cross the Jordan River. Full stop. Full stop. And let's not, not no more discussion. No more meetings. No more discussion. So after three days. You know what? If you if you overthink, for example, for example, uh, when we build this discipleship center, I tell you, if you are an overthinker, then we wouldn't be able to complete this uh, construction. Because there's going to be too many problems. And if you need an answer for every single question, then you wouldn't take action. Think about this. Where would the money come from? You know, during the first uh, fundraising we had, you know, the money that we got was less than 10%. Remember this chairman telling me something. I said, I said, Pastor, this is so disappointing. Our fundraising, including all the pledge cards that we received, was less than 10%. I said, that's okay. God is going to be with us. Now you think about this. After we finished the construction, over expenses, the uh, overhead expenses uh, that uh, we would be uh, having every month. Think about that. Let me ask you. Let me tell you that uh, we're not going to start the work. I, and I, let me repeat this. We're not saying that thinking about thinking and planning aren't important. But when we are made clear of God's leading, you don't need to think about it anymore. Sometimes you need to step out by faith. Then you will experience God's presence with you. Second, he ordered two and a half tribes east of the church, Jordan to carry out the promise. Look at verses 12 to 13. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the command that Moses, servant of the Lord, gave you. You need to understand a bit of their the, the background. The Rubenites, Gadites, and the half tribe of Manasseh. When they saw that the uh, property, the land uh, east of the Jordan was so beautiful, they said to Moses that this is going to be our promised land. We're not going to claim that uh, uh, land uh, the other side of the Jordan. Uh, This uh, east of the Jordan, this uh, land, that's good enough for us. But 
Our warriors are going to cross the Jordan together with the rest of the Israelites and fight for the promised land. After we are able to conquer the promised land, then we will, that's when we will return. Moses said, okay. Now that Moses has died, new leaders have uh, come up. So Joshua spoke to the uh, two and a half tribes. So, so you said that, that uh, you know, you promised uh, to do this before. You have to fulfill your promise. Look at what they said. Then they answered Joshua, whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. You know what? Sometimes, we don't want to make a uh, request from somebody because we're afraid that people might uh, refuse or reject your request. But please take note. If you are very clear that it is God's leading, that it is God's will, then you have to make the request. And if God speaks to that person, then he's going to respond positively. And if he is not moved by the Lord, then the person will say no. I very often say to my co-workers, and I don't know how many of my co-workers have uh, absorbed this, we very often make a mistake. We uh, look for people who have not uh, served in the church to uh, start serving. Do not allow uh, a, um, people in the church, uh, who, one person doing too many things. That is right. But there is a uh, mistake to that also. It's wrong. It's wrong to be looking for people who have never served in church to be serving. You know why? You know why? If he doesn't want to serve God, if he doesn't want to work, then don't go looking for him. We don't need to be requesting people uh, to uh, serve in the church. Serving God is a privilege, it's an honor. So you tell a person, look for a person. Share God's vision with the person. Don't force him. And ask the person to pray about it. No matter how busy that person may be, okay. just share the vision with him. And wait for his response. And I can assure you, this person, if he says yes, he will surely do the job well. You don't have to worry about him being overloaded. He will be able to manage his time on his own. Kind of who do not love the Lord, who do not want to serve God. And if you try to force him and make requests of him to serve, I tell you, the work is not going to be done well. It is that simple. God is going to be speaking to the hearts of people. You know, we uh, built this discipleship center. There are so many beautiful uh, testimonies. I had a uh, deacon. Uh, he, he, uh, he or she had a... Uh, she. She had a relative uh, who's uh, a Christian, but not from her church. So she uh, tried to do fundraising with this uh, person, with this relative. We, uh, she left the brochure of our church to uh, the person. And said that uh, we are going to be 
building a discipleship center? Or do you want to support? Now, this sister also belongs to another church and she loves the Lord a lot. Imagine. Imagine. This brochure. She didn't even look at the brochure. She just returned the brochure to her. Says no. No. Because she said that this is my conviction. I'm really against uh, building churches. It's a waste of money, she said. Because my money is uh, given to uh, do missions work. It is that simple. And so she returned the brochure, and so this uh, sister, this deacon, left. And uh, do you see some something very amazing? After two days. After two days. This person, this uh, the relative, uh, brought a one million check to one of the deacons of the church. She said God spoke to his her heart to give one million. One million. After two years. After two years. She gave another one million. Initially, she said that uh, she didn't want to give of any money, but she was able to give uh, two million. This is not man's work. But this is rather God's work in people's hearts. We need to experience God's presence. To do that, you need to be to uh, step out by faith. Church. We don't know what happened. We've never traveled the path ahead of us. We're not going to, we do not know what's going to happen in the year 2023. Do you believe this? That through God's promise, through God's truth, and through faith in action, we will be able to experience God's presence with us this year. Please remember, God's presence is not just a feeling, but a power that produces action. May God bless you. So that in this new year, every one of us will be able to experience the presence of God. Let's pray. pray. Our dear Father in heaven, we're so thankful, Lord God, but because you are the God who continues to uh, lead us and guide us, Lord. Thank you so much for guiding us uh, through the year 2022. You've sustained us. You've helped us. You've uh, uh, provided for us, Lord. And so even as we enter this new year, in this first day of this new year, the year 2023, Lord, we want to thank you so much for this uh, wonderful message that you have given us, Lord, that God's presence that give, gives us that kind of a power in order for us to face this new year, a new year filled with a lot of uncertainties, perhaps a lot of unknowns, but Lord, we know that your presence, when your presence go with us, Lord, we will uh, experience your power Amen. and your help, Lord, to grant us success in what you want us to do, Lord. So, Father, help us, Lord, to uh, seek your presence and to trust in your presence through faith, through our words, and through your word, and through your truth, Lord. And, uh, Father, so by faith, we're going to be trusting in your presence, Lord, to guide us through this year the year 2023. Continue to speak to each one of us. Continue to lead us and guide us, Lord. Amen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.